Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily, and Veronica's muted, so you can't even hear her. That's what's going on right now. <laughs> Wait, I'm Veronica. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here to talk about traveling. We're going traveling again. This will be our final episode in our four-part traveling series for now. Chances are we will revisit this in the future because there are so many countries mm-hmm. i mean we just picked four and kind of went with it but uh there is so much so many more places so much more to learn about but for the purposes of this section we will wrap this up here today talking about mexico mexico <laughs> so um so i did the research this time we'll see how i did uh Veronica, have you been to Mexico? I have. You have? What part? I've been to the Yucatan. So um, I stayed in Tulum, but um, drove all around the Yucatan and um, saw the just amazing temples, went to Chichen Itza, and then a lot of other ones that no one's ever heard of out in the middle of the jungle. This was a couple years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. I just had a flashback. I was like, wait, this wasn't that long ago. Yeah, this was maybe six years ago. Okay. Yeah. I don't six know. That doesn't seem yeah. that long ago now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time. It's so it was an amazing trip. Yeah. And it's an amazing part of that country. Um, I did, you know, fly into Cancun and spent there for one night, which I was like, ugh, no thanks. But I'm not <laughs> like a not like a big resort kind of person. <laughs> you don't know, like the all inclusive hang by the pool experience? I, I just realized that I can't, I can't do relaxation like that very well. Like I'm a more of an adventurer and want to experience the country. And I wanted to experience the country. I didn't want to just like sit at the beach, which is beautiful. I mean, it was beautiful, but Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) Have you, have you been to Mexico? I have not. Uh, I have not been to Mexico, which is really interesting. I mean, we live here in California. We are not that far from Mexico. And and we have a really huge Latino population here in Sonoma County. Um and so like yeah, what's I have heard so many stories. I I'm, you know, most of you know I'm a therapist in my day job and I used to do a lot of therapy with families uh when I worked in schools. And I got to do a lot of therapy in Spanish with a translator at getting to talk to families who came from Mexico. And, you know, it was, it's pretty cool. Like I, I love getting to hear people's stories clearly, uh, as I chose that as my profession, (laughs) (laughs) but I also really love getting to hear people's stories who come from really different places, um, and had really different experiences. So although I've never been there, I have these pictures in my mind from other people's life stories of what Mexico's like. And of course, you know, going there at some point in my life, I'm sure it will be a completely different experience as a traveler than somebody mm-hmm. who lived there. Um, 
but I always wanted to speak Spanish and I took like four years of first year Spanish and <laughs> I still like mess me. around. <laughs> yeah. Well, I started in uh, fourth grade. We were allowed to take it, but we, oh. we only had access to first year. So I took it in fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. And then when I started seventh grade at a different school, I had to take it again. And then I was like, I'm so over this right now. Like <laughs> you can only do the same thing. So many times. Yeah. So I can definitely find a bathroom, order some food, yeah. you know, um, but my accent's not great. And that will probably become very apparent as I share with you what I have learned today. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I chose Mexico is uh, for a couple reasons. One is because I have known so many people here in Sonoma County um, who have ancestors from Mexico, are from Mexico, um, who have a lot of spiritual practices that I think really uh, kind of, I see them as falling under that um, spiritual witchcraft, bruja uh, umbrella, right? And mm-hmm. and I've had them say as much. Um so it's, I was like, oh, this is something I'm, I feel somewhat familiar with and yet not really, cause I've never researched it. So I, I learned some new things and I also saw some really familiar things. Uh, I was sharing with Veronica before we hopped on here that just this morning I was getting gas and at this gas station I go to near my house, there is a maestro espiritual, spiritual master. And there's a shop. That's the name of the shop. And when it's open, you can see that the whole wall, when you first walk in the door is all prayer candles. So it's like, you know, Mary, Mary, mother, Mary and Jesus and other saints, you know, if anyone's familiar with those tall prayer candles that have the like sticker on Mm -hmm. them, that has a picture of someone and you burn them to evoke basically the energy or in honor of, um, or for someone on behalf of someone which I always think about those types of rituals as being really beautiful and also super magical just in and of themselves, right? It's you're sending these prayers out uh, with this intention to ask for aid. And it just, anyway, that's a whole other topic, but they have all of those, but at the same breath, they have a whole sign about how they do spiritual clearing, clearing, so Olympia um, and how uh, they are, there's a tarot master there And then right next to the sign that's like tarot master, there's a picture of Jesus. So it feels like there's this whole overlap of these, you know, maybe what we might consider more new age spiritual practices um, or witchy practices that also tie into Catholicism, which is, you know, very much a big piece of um, much, much of Mexican culture. Now, probably not the entire country of Mexico, but I would say that you know, most of the folks that I know who, uh, who I have known who come from Mexico are Catholic. So Catholicism has a really, has a lot of roots there. Um, all right, let me, let me just peek at my notes here, friends. This is, yeah, do you I just add here, Veronica. I, I sure do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, do I. Oh, I okay. I just want, I guess I just want to link and just like hold this thread throughout all these episodes that we have there's this thread that keeps coming through and I just want to pull it through as um the religion like in the culture like there's this this feeling of all these religions coming together whether it's um 
witchcraft or um, modern day Catholicism or Christianity um, that yes, there was a time and there was a place where, and there's places where they're separated, but there's also countries that they're integrated, you uh-huh. know, where they're coming together, these practices um, that are maybe a little older, you know, and then some that are newer and then they come together and they create this harmony that is a cultural religion that is in all, you know, celebrated by, you know, thousands, millions of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I feel like that's really amazing and special. And I feel like the more globalized our country or our whole world becomes, the more, the closer we come together, um, things aren't as separated or homogenized and things are blending and, um, yeah. So I think it's kind of cool that you're like, you know, just last week we were talking about, you know, voodoo and um, Catholicism with voodoo and Protestantism. Protestantism. <laughs> you know, and, and now you're talking about this with Mexico as well, you know, that, mm-hmm. that we're having these religions and these belief systems coming together and harmonizing. Yeah. Well, I also think part of it is survival. And, you know, um, when you look historically at the way that religion has been weaponized, I think sometimes uh, indigenous cultures who might have had people coming in and pushing religion on them found ways to hang on to old beliefs and old, um, older ways of being that are very ingrained in that culture. And um, I, I wish we could get like an anthropologist to come and talk about how this all you know really played out because I'm I'm really just theorizing based on things that I've read over the years, but I'm not a professional in this area by any means. Uh, so I just want to I want to be a little bit um, humble in what I'm saying here and not saying that I am 100% correct. I'm just saying that based on things that I've read over the years, there does feel like there is a certain element of survival in that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was going to give an example, but I think I'm going to ruin it and not say it correctly. So I won't, (laughs) Um, but (laughs) I just, (laughs) I don't want to get it too wrong. Um, But I do think that, you know, we learn ways to still get to practice things that we believe, but maybe with a new twist on them. And then over time, those things weave together, sort of like roots growing into a wrought iron fence, right? Something that was already there. And then this other thing continues to grow around it. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's beautiful. I mean, I, although I was raised Christian scientists, my father and his whole family were Catholics. And so uh-huh. I, on many occasion, occasions went to mass and the, the parts of the mass that were so appealing to me or all the parts, you know, of witchcraft that I love that I practice is, you know, the incense, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the lighting chanting. Of the candles, the chanting, like all of that just like drew me in. And I'm like, Oh, this is, this is beautiful. Like, how beautiful is this, you know, the ceremony, the ceremony of all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I can, I can just see how well that, that, that blends and I could Mm -hmm. see how that, you know, how that could happen, how, how that occurs or how Mm -hmm. it has occurred really. Yeah. Well, and you think about the difference between practices and beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. What are the actions that you're taking, 
around a belief and how do some of those actions overlap, even if the beliefs are different. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause I'm thinking about, you know, the blood of Christ, like the drinking of the drink, like I didn't believe that, but I thought it was a beautiful practice. Yeah. The symbolism, you know, I thought it was like the symbolism of it was beautiful. I didn't necessarily believe it myself, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I could see how that, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Mexico. Yeah. Dive in. I'm like, whew, man, we can just, we can just go. Can't we? <laughs> So uh, I just want to start with Mesoamerica kind of as a whole and talk about a few things that popped out in some of the articles that I was reading. Um, One of them was talking about the 260-day calendar. And some of you might be familiar with the Mayan calendar, which I think is what they were referring to, but I'm not totally sure because it never actually called it that. But I was familiar with some of the language they were using around different days being designated by numbers and um, symbols. So they talked about um, how, how some sorcerers are born on certain days. And that's what makes them, they're more apt, you're more apt to become a sorcerer if you are born on a certain day. So, um, and that day would have to have a number um, and also a um, a certain sign. And of course I did not write those down, but I want to say one was like a one storm day. Um, and then there was another one that was a one something day, but I thought it was interesting. They were both ones. They didn't, they weren't other numbers. Do you remember how many numbers? It goes up to in the Mayan calendar, Veronica. Hmm. Is it four? Because it's a cycle of four I different. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Aren't there four families? And then under the families, there's. Yeah, there's four families. Yeah. Um, but there's different symbols under the family. Yes. And then yeah. I think that there's elements involved in there. Too. Yes. Anyway. Using this calendar system, there's this idea that if you're born on a certain day, that you might be more apt to become a sorcerer um, because because of the energy imbued within you during that time. Another theme that seems to run through much of the history of Mesoamerica is the idea of shape shifting, and that uh, you know people were sorcerers were able to shape shift to call and and the more I read, it really sounded like this was about calling on the energy. It actually made me think a little bit of that idea of um, channeling or being possessed by sort of like we were talking about last week. Um, They, you know, we were talking about that in terms of having an ancestor come in and and possess someone. We were talking about um, voodoo in Haiti, but this actually sounded like uh, people could be quote, and I'm using quotes here, but like possessed by or embody the energy of a different animal, you know, maybe a jaguar. Oh, cool. That was one that came up, right? And then they could act as this animal um, with the wisdom of that animal and the stealth of that animal. Uh, and it wasn't just jaguar. They gave us some other examples. I'm just throwing that one out there because it was the most prominent in my mind. But I just thought that was really interesting that shape-shifting seemed like it was a thread that ran through um, some of the his- history. So um, there is a town and the most unfortunate thing that's about to happen is that I can't read my handwriting. So um, (laughs) where did you get this info? Was it on the internet or book or 
Where it was it? on the internet and I have an, a huge list of resources. So oh, I will great. have to okay. post that somewhere for people because I looked at a bunch of different articles. What I was really bummed about is I kept coming up against these. I would find these um, like scholarly articles and then I can't access them because they're behind a paywall. So I'd yes. read like the, the, you know, the beginning I had of that it. And same then, thing. And then it pops up and you're like, right. oh man. And then yeah. I was like, what's my password for my old school? Because I think I had access to <laughs> anyway, it didn't work. Yeah. So I didn't get to read those articles, which is very disappointing. Um, but there is a town in Mexico that is referred to as the witchcraft town. Gonzalo Aguirre um, was a sorcerer, a very, he was pretty famous and he actually created a witchcraft convention that happened in this town once a year. And after his death, the convention continued. So it happens in March every year. It's a three-day event. Um, all these people come from all over the place and they celebrate Black Mass together. Um, and then the other thing that's happening in this, and I don't know for sure, but what this reminded me of was sort of like, like Salem, Massachusetts, like someplace that gets famous for something. Mm -hmm. And then because of that, people sort of come there and live there all the time. And there's a lot of offerings. So it sounds like there's a lot of practitioners who live in this town all the time. And the most common thing that they offer is spiritual clearing, spiritual cleansing. Um, and they talked a little bit about that. It's called Limpia Espiritual. Uh, so Olympia is cleaning, clearing. So what's the name of this town? Do you know the name of this? <laughs> I was like, I, I'm so sorry I asked you that because I was like, I need to know the name of this town. Can I go to this town right now? I'm going to, hold on. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. We're going to find out because I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm all, is it, I can't tell if this is an M or if it's oh, two okay. R's. My That's handwriting is so purposely bad. jumped over that because I was like, she's not telling me the name of this town. I need to know the name of this town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do have yeah. horrible handwriting. I do know Thank that you. about you. <laughs> It is an M. It's Katamako. Katamako. So C-A-T-E-M-A-C-O. Okay. And do you know what part of Mexico does it? Do you see a, a map? I'm I all, see a like, map, geography. but it doesn't show my whole, it doesn't show a whole map. You know, it's like the little tiny map. Yeah. It looks like it's on the Eastern side against the water. Um, oh. It's, it's located in the South of the Mexican state of Veracruz. Okay. Oh, it's, you know what? It's the water it's on is actually a lake, Lake Catamaco, Catamaco. Okay. Catamaco with the municipality stretching north to the Gulf, Gulf of Mexico. Oh, okay. So cool. it's on that side. Yeah. It's the witchcraft capital of Mexico. So it's not as far south as the Yucatan, which is down by Belize. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I know. I, I don't think so. That up. But anyways, I will I'm digress. Thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> you you can look that up. Look that I'll up on your own up. time, Veronica. Yes. Thank, thank you. <laughs> but I want to talk about the the clearing, the spiritual clearing, because this is something that I have seen um multiple times in in the people that like in person. Like I know people who practice this. Um and traditionally, when I used to do a lot of uh, home visits, I went to some homes where the grandmother of the house, the abuela of the house would do these clearings um, for the kiddos and the mama. And like, you know, cause they were multi-generation families that were living together. Um, and so the practice is using an egg and they would use the egg to move over the body 
in a way that would absorb the funk, right? The negative energy. Um, and then they would crack that egg into a glass and they would learn information from the way that the egg, the yolk went into the glass. Um, so it's really interesting because as I was reading about this, I was like, oh, wait, I've heard it. I've not only heard about this, I've seen this happen. And I've heard people tell me about it happening also. Um, they also use rosemary um, perfume. A lot of times that it said that the, at the final kind of step of the clearing was to be sprayed with perfume. There's also the spitting of alcohol um, as a clearing. So like a, um, like a really intense spirit that you would put in your mouth and spit onto somebody to help clear out uh, negative energy and funk. So that's really interesting too. Um, but this seems to be the most common practice and it's definitely uh, seems like it's common enough that it's happening all over. Um, but it's the most common practice in this witchcraft village, town, so cool. city. <sighs> um, what I had heard about in the past were curanderas, and I didn't know exactly what that meant. I knew it was a practitioner of some sort um, who I had assumed was a magic practitioner, but they are, and they are folk magic practitioners. They tend to be people who use traditional herbs and remedies. So you could think about an herbalist, um, somebody who might have traditional folk uh, medicine, medicinal practices that they are offering. So they offer um, healings and they might be somebody you go to if you're having an illness of some sort or a spiritual illness of some sort. Um, they said that there's three types of curanderas. Uh, there's the Gerbero, who are herbalism practitioners. The Partera uh, are the ones who practice magic related to pregnancy and childbirth. And the Sabradores, who are the massage therapists who facilitate healing through bodywork. So I thought that was really cool, too, because I didn't realize that there were three different aspects of that. I thought it was all just one heading. Mm -hmm. Why are you laughing at me right now, Veronica? I'm not laughing. I'm just loving. I'm just correlating <laughs> just like the practices that we do here. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and and I'm just like, oh, that's really interesting. I mean, obviously, I, did, I don't know what came first or how that migrated or how this is all becoming one, but I'm just smiling externally and internally as like, <laughs> I feel so hippie right now. I'm just feeling like we're all one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm not saying that their practices are exactly like ours, but I'm also seeing see some similarities. I'm yeah. seeing the similarities and I think it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so, so much of uh, curanderismo is a blend of indigenous healing practices and Judeo-Christian uh, practices and principles. So again, we get this overlap, right? Like I was talking about the gas station spiritual master, like there is that, that whole blend between Catholicism and this is Judeo-Christian. Um, so really this idea of Christianity really tying into the indigenous healing practices and how those things overlap um, and work together, you know? So just as a sidebar, um, I don't know why I love this so much. But I live in a neighborhood that is a total working class neighborhood, and we have a huge Latino population, lots of lots of families that are uh, multi-generational living in houses together, and a lot of Catholicism. 
And you can tell because we have um, Virgin Mary like altars in people's front yards yes. all over my neighborhood. Yes. And it is freaking beautiful. Like, I love it. There's this one right down the street from me, uh, like literally right down the street from me that they have built like an outside like house basically that is fully lit by Christmas lights with the statue of the Virgin Mary inside of it. And, you know, they tend to it all the time. So it's always kept up really nice and everything else. And yeah, it's just very cool. Um, but it's this idea of like, I think about how I create altars all the time, all over the place, outside, whatever it might be. And this is, this is the same thing. It's the idea of having this altar to this deity uh, that you were honoring and respecting and calling that energy in kind of as protection is how I see it. Um, but they're, they're all I, over the place. I actually have one for the, for, for Mary myself. Do you? I have a yeah. grotto with a statue okay. of Mary and where have given her offering she's in my backyard I have not seen her in your backyard yeah she's she's nestled in my um my lavender bush now um <laughs> she's the lavender starting to take over but like I had a a time when like I was like my sister was a part of this was like calling on the healing you know uh -huh. the, the the mother the whole feeling of the mother and healing the mother and um, so she was like a vehicle with that. Like we're not Catholics, but I mean, we do have some Catholic background, but um, like that honor, like talking about like integrating different practices, uh -huh. like that sure. was, that is definitely something that I do. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Um, yeah. I just, I think it's beautiful that, mm -hmm. that there are these altars all over the place and, and that Veronica has one in her yard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Have you ever seen the one on Highway 12, Veronica? I was you're just driving about down. to say yeah, so Highway 12. There's a highway huge 12, altar. You're just cruising down the highway and there is this huge altar somebody has set up like, is it in their yard? Like in their backyard, kind of like overlooking the highway. But of the facing the highway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, what's up, Mary? It's beautiful. Like, it's so cool. I know. Anyway, I've, I've seen that in Hawaii, even on the side of the road, just driving yeah. and seeing little altars to Mary on the, on the highway. Just, yeah. She's just like a nestle. huge figure, huge figure, mm -hmm. huge helper that Mary. Gotta love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, there is this blend. That's really the point of this whole uh, digression about altars mm -hmm. to Mary are, is that there is this blend for, of Catholicism um, and in indigenous practices. Um, so let me see if there's anything else here that I wanted to share. Oh, I think the only other thing that I wanted to share was about, uh, brujeria, which is witchcraft. And so according to Wikipedia, which I know is not the best source in all the land, but I've used it. So you can call me out on that if you want. Bruharia doesn't participate in communi community hierarchical or initiation-based practice or membership. Rituals are interdependent on procedures, practices, and attitudes passed down by participants and heavily depend on forces of nature and spon spontaneity of spirits. Uh, 
And I wanted to share that because it just, again, there's this idea of, you know, um, connecting with what's happening in the now, what's happening in the energies around you, and that the witchcraft draws on that and draws mm-hmm. on the elements of nature and the energy of the spirits, whatever spirits they happen to be working with. Um, so it just feels a lot more earth-based mm-hmm. as, you know, as witchcraft is here or, or Wicca is. So there you go. That's, that's my very brief, very surface scratching story about witchcraft in Mexico. Thanks, Emily. <laughs> Thanks for going on this little short trip with me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like every, like, I mean, so many different countries and cultures, like, we all have our own history, and we have thousands and thousands and thousands of years of influences. And just like hearing a little blip is just like a little window into like, oh, what what might it be like, you know, if let's say, I was practicing over there. Like, what would that be like, you know, or what would other people might be doing, you know? Yeah. And like I mentioned last week, when we were talking about Haiti, you know, if there's somebody out there who is a curandera, um, or, you know, considers themselves a bruja and wants to come and talk to us about their own practices, we'd love to interview you. We'd love to have a chat. So please feel free to reach out wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net and let us know. Yeah, I think having people on, you know, and interviewing people that do have these different um, practices would be really eye-opening for all of us. <laughs> totally. Well, what was cool was when I was doing this research, all these books started popping up about witchcraft in Mexico. And I was like, oh my God, I want to read all these books. I don't know when I'm going to have time to read all these books, but I definitely was like, I, I was putting them on my wish list because I was going, I, these are things I want to know more about, you know, and I want to know them from the people who are practicing them, not just a Wikipedia article, um, you know, so there you I go. I mean, the little glimpse that I have like correlated is Samhain to Dia de Muertos, like that just like in that same period, it's like literally the same time period, both of those are celebrated um, like in very similar ways. Yeah, and I've celebrated both in different places. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Like, yeah, I mean, just how it's connected and um, how it's literally the same time of year, you know, like, yeah. It's, well, yeah. You know, with all, I want to say, and I, I hope I'm saying this and it's true because I feel like I have read enough and done research. Anyway, I think what's true is that for every holiday that we celebrate, on the wheel of the year, um, there is a similar holiday celebrated somewhere else called something else, but because Mm -hmm. of that time of year. And I really think there's something to be said for the collective unconscious and that throughout time and space, there is this consciousness that connects us all. And so there are a lot of similarities, you know, and, and you Mm -hmm. can see these uprisings through history, um, of different things, of the same things being discovered in different places at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I really think that has to do yep. with this, this, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's all that otherworldly either. I actually think that, you know, consciousness is a pretty powerful thing and that we are way more connected conscious, consciously than we realize. So, yeah. And well, and it's, you know, 
I also think about just our planet and like how, you know, the seasons and mm-hmm. I mean, definitely we're in different hemispheres and we definitely have different, you know, influences in that way, but like how, I don't know how we can get connected in that way, just through our planet. I mean, we all have the sunrise and the sunset. We all have the moonrise and the moon mm-hmm. set. Like we're just automatically connected with that. Cause we just, well, that's, you know, and living on living on the earth and trying to live with the land. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we're much more disconnected now than we probably have ever been at any point in history. Yep. So, all right, friends, get outside and get your feet on the ground. <laughs> Thank you. I need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Um, until next time, you know, Veronica, keep it magical. It? Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by... You can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe. Right? Yeah. And you can do all those things. You could just <laughs> click the little stars, you know, and give us like little some comments. cold stars and a little comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever. Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. This must be so- <laughs> there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.